Hello and welcome to Confessions from a Pastor's Wife. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. If you like the content of this video, don't forget to like and subscribe. As well, you can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So today I want to talk about identity crisis. I feel like a lot of people have experienced it, are experiencing it, um, and I just want to kind of talk about it and the fact that this is something that the enemy, I feel, capitalizes on. Um, doesn't want you to know or remember that you're a son or daughter of God um, and he wants you to just doubt everything. So um, what's funny is it dawned on me as I was um, writing this episode is that Satan himself suffered from an, from an identity crisis. Um, God made him one way and he decided that he wanted to be something else. And he had a bit of a crisis in identity. He wanted people to worship him instead of worshiping God. He was an, actual, he was an angel that was um, in charge of music and he wanted everyone to worship him instead of God. So that's why he fell and he paid the ultimate price for it. He lost who he was because his pride, in my opinion, overtook him. So now he's this other being. He's something completely different that God never intended for him to be because of the crisis he went through. Unlike us, he can't be redeemed. There's no redemption possible for him. And, you know, he was so cunning in heaven that he convinced a third of God's angels to go with him, to, to re rebel against the one who created them. Now, the reason they don't like us very much is because I feel like we're a slap in the face to them. God loves us differently. God created us with his two hands. He put his breath into us. He didn't do that for the angels. God also gives us the option and the ability to be redeemed if we decide to stiff arm God and try to go our own way and then we repent our sins and, and walk back with him we are saved. We are welcomed into his arms. We are welcomed at his table. The enemy and the angels that fell with him, they don't have that, that uh, ability. They don't have that opportunity. And I think that's why they hate us even more. <laughs> they hate the fact that God loved us, loves us so much that God created a little loophole for us, but not for them. So, um, you know, for me, because he can't be redeemed, I feel bad for Satan. And it's kind of funny because my daughter, she often is like, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God if I can convince Satan to be good again, you know? And it just, it, it, it does suck for him. I feel bad for him that his existence, he cannot go back. He can't turn back time. He can't, he can't say, yes, I did that, but I'm so sorry. You know, he doesn't have that ability. And I think that that just makes his anger for us grow and grow and grow and his anger for God. So that's why he's always attacking us. Um, he doesn't want to be your friend as much as he charms you into thinking that he does not want to be your buddy. He wants to create so much chaos in your life that you just can't stand it, but you can't, you don't know of a way out. You can't identify that God is your way out. And uh, it's, 
he tries to get people to do what he's done. And again, they feel like there's no way out. And, and some of us are falling for it. Christians and non-Christians alike. We fall for the enemy's tricks all the time. You know, we always depict Satan as being this kind of horrific looking being. I don't think that that's right. He might be twisted now into something else, but he's still a very cunning, charming, manipulative being that I wouldn't want to trifle with, you know? So um, he uses people. I think that one of his greatest weapons is putting people against each other. You know, there's that the verse that states, our fight, our battle is not with flesh and blood. I'm paraphrasing. It's with the unseen, with the spirit realm, with the good versus evil. There are angels and demons fighting over you right now. And your thought life is one of the biggest things that they use. And people, throwing people at you is another thing that they use because what's coming out of that person could be inspired by the enemy, by a minion of the enemy, and you're reacting to the person because they're right in front of you. You're not reacting to um, the spirit that might be influencing what they're saying. So then we fight with each other <laughs> and they're just sitting back like, ha ha, you know? So I think we really need to ask God for discernment and really figure out why is this person doing this? You know, and everyone has a bad day and they lash out, but for some people they are influenced quite heavily and they might not know it. And in most cases you don't know it. So um, I feel like we just need to be careful when, when we start to take offense with each other. You know, it's, it's, it's not the battle between us. It's the unseen realm that we need to really, like not focus on, but know it's there. You know, the enemy also wants you to believe that he's not real, that God's not real. It's all hocus pocus. And that's not true. It is very real. Hell is a real place. Heaven is a real place. God is real. The enemy, the devil is real. And he wants you to either mock Jesus or Christianity, which is really something that is going rampant in society today from ads to, to AI programs who can't speak ill of the Muslim faith, but they have no problems making fun of Christianity. If you know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I can send you the link to the video. Um, you know, so I just feel like Christianity is very widely made fun of. But Buddhism isn't, Hinduism isn't, Muslim isn't, and why? You know, Jesus is made fun of, but all these other religions and their head figures are not. And that's the device of the enemy, in my opinion. So um, that some of the tricks that... Um, the devil uses is, you know, lies. He'll tell you lies. He did the same that he did the first, that first thing with uh, Eve. He, he twisted the truth. You know, he said, Oh, God must not be very good. If he, if he told you, you couldn't eat out of this tree, he doesn't want you to have all the knowledge that you should have. And he, he painted God to look like something that he isn't. And he kind of twisted the truth, which is what he's good at doing. He twists and manipulates some form of the truth so that you're like, mm, maybe. 
Um, and then sometimes, so like I said, you straight up lies. He wants you to think that God is mean and stupid and he's not. He wants you so focused on the here and now that he'll, he'll make you feel like you got blinders on. He'll use chaos, whether it's in your life, in your personal life, in your thought life, or the chaos that's going on in the world, he'll use it to make you scared. And God did not give you a spirit of fear saying we need to focus on that. With all of the things that are going on, and there is a lot in today's society that is going on that can cause fear, that can rise in anger out of you, you gotta just silence that and understand that though it doesn't feel like God is in control, he's in control. God has final say. And though the devil might be running around messing things up right now, it's not for forever. And he will have his day where he's done. So us as Christians just need to take the comfort. Though we may not agree with what's going on, we need to ask God for grace on our tongue so that we don't speak out of turn and don't fall for the enemy's tricks of making us go against a group of people, which is what I see a lot of happening as well. Um, the enemy likes to put doubt in your mind like he did with Eve. She doubted God's will for her. She doubted that, that God only wanted the best for her and was trying to protect her. She doubted all that. Um, and then another thing that the enemy likes to do is isolate you. It's easier to manipulate someone when they're lonely, when they're depressed, um, and when they feel disconnected from God or people, when they feel like no one understands them, that's when you get the enemy in your ear. I understand you. Oh, I can make it better for you. Just do this. If you say this to that person, you're going to feel so much better. If you do this to that person, you're going to feel so much better. And though in the moment it might make your flesh feel better, it's going to create a lot of chaos in your life. So, I mean, he did the same thing to Jesus. Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness where the devil tempted him. He, Jesus was alone. He wasn't eating, so he was weakened. And first he was, he was kind of bullying Jesus to it. But well, if you say, if you are who you say you are, then call these angels down, do this, do that, save yourself from this mountain that I've put you on and, and all of these things. And then all of a sudden he changes it up. And this is Jesus that he's trying to tempt. He says, all of this will be yours. If you just worship me, if you just bow down and worship me, Jesus goes, get out of here. Jesus, things were created through Jesus. Jesus is the word and the devil knows that. And yet he's still trying to get Jesus to turn against himself. Like it just, it's, it's crazy to me. So if he has the gojones to try and turn Jesus, you're a walk in the park. <laughs> you know, it like it's, you compared to Jesus, like it's, it's completely different. And he tried. So why wouldn't he try with you? Why wouldn't he try with Christians, you know? And uh, he wants to um, make you forget, like I said, that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High King. He wants you to 
focus on those little bits of yourself that you don't like. He wants you to focus on them so much that it's literally all you can see. It's right in front of you. You can't see anything else around you. He wants your thought life to be so consumed with that little thing that you don't like about yourself that it, it consumes you, that you seek to better it. And I, and I see that happening. And it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to, uh, to get into. God doesn't make mistakes. I'll say it again. He made you how he made you for a reason. There was no mistake in that. He knit you together in your mother's womb with a purpose. And the enemy wants you to forget it. Doesn't want you to believe it. He wants to twist and pollute your mind. You know, I was reading this uh, book by C.S. Lewis that my husband gave me actually. And it's um, letters between demons. They're writing to each other, talking to each other about, you know, how do I, I've done this and this and, and giving each other advice. How do I do this? Uh, how do I manipulate this relationship? How do I get this? reformed Christian to change his mind. Like you don't think that they communicate with each other? Of course they do, just the same way we commu communicate with each other. Their whole thing in life, their whole mission is to get everyone turning away from God. So they're gonna attack your thought life. They're gonna twist every thought in your mind. Your mind is not safe. <laughs> and that's something that has been really revealed to me. The thoughts that you have in your mind not always put there by a good influence. They can't read your mind, but they can put little thoughts in your mind. The one letter that I read was this, uh, it was about an atheist in this book called The Screwtape Letters. Um, he, he had this thought all of a sudden where he was starting to seemed like rethink his atheism and kind of open up to the possibility of God and the, and the devil and that whole spirit realm. And it said in the letter that the enemy being God, their enemy, the demon's enemy, came to the elbow of that person in an instant because he found his way in, just like the enemy can find his way in, so can God. And uh, all of a sudden, he starts, the, this demon starts to put in his mind, you know what, I think right now you're hungry. I think you better get some lunch. You can think better on a full stomach. Take a step away from this. Come back with a clear, refreshed mind. Sounds like sound logic to me. And anyone would be like, yeah, for sure. And it's coming from a good place. It's caring about your well-being. No, it just distracted you from something that could have turned your life right around. And he knows that. And then he starts throwing all these other things at him, the real life that he, I can't say enough about this book. It's absolutely amazing. And, um, and the person completely forgets that train of thought. That's what they want you to do. Once you're onto something and then all of a sudden you're distracted, it's because you're getting close. It's the same thing when you feel like you're constantly going through trials one after the other. It's because you're close. 
You're close to getting to that purpose that God has for you and the enemy doesn't want it. Because when you figure it out, you become more powerful in your faith, more, you could become closer with God. And it's all things that the enemy doesn't want. He wants to disconnect, isolate, and separate you from God. That's his whole thing. That's the be all end all of his mission here. And he'll promise you all the nice shiny things, but it comes at a cost. You look at the materialistic things here now, and that's not what we're supposed to be doing. That's where he wants you focused on real life. And that's not real life. Your real life is heaven, is to get, is heaven word. Things that will benefit you in heaven. It doesn't mean you're going to have a cushy life here. And you shouldn't want to. This is not where you're going to stay. And he wants you to forget that. So it's all spiritual warfare. So if you don't have God to take that to or to come to your defense in some type of way, how do you fight back? It's that unseen realm that you cannot see. Fix your eyes on what is unseen. For everything here is temporary. But the enemy wants you to focus on the materialistic, the things here, this world here, wants you to make your home here, wants you to step on however many people you can to make your life nice and cushy here. That's not what it's about. You need to remember that our focus should be heavenward. And I'm speaking for Christians because if you're a non-Christian and you're watching this video, then I mean, you don't really understand that. You know, you could, if you're watching the video, then you're intrigued. So, um, you know, this, this mainly is for Christians who I feel like, you know, they're living the Christian life and yet they're still, or, or saying that they're Christians and they're still, some of their habits and their thought life is not aligning with it. And so I want to educate them in order to grab hold of their thought life and other things that they're doing in their life that maybe shouldn't be doing or tolerating and, and figure out a way with God to turn it around um, with grace, <laughs> I will say. Um, so God is the one who's going to give you purpose. So many people are having an identity of crisis because, or identity crisis because they forgot their purpose. They forgot who made them. They forgot um, the one who's given you the talents and the creativity and, uh, you know, I went through an identity crisis. I was in a relationship. Um, I w well, first off, I'm going to start by saying that since I was introduced to God at the age of eight and beyond, I never once stopped believing in him. Yes, I stopped walking with him. Yes, I got angry with him over certain things because I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going through. But I never once ever said God does not exist. That has never been something that has ever entered my heart, my mind, nothing. Um, but I did have an identity crisis. Again, I was in a relationship. I wasn't walking with God at this point. And um, I was trying to be a good partner. And this partner had, in my opinion, uh, an addiction to porn. And so I was treated kind of like one of the porn girls, 
right? And what I've been told is in order to do that, you take the humanity out of the person. They're just the thing that provides you pleasure, which is really sad to think about. And um, it led down a road where something happened and I don't want to get too specific about it. But it caused me to really like look in the mirror and I didn't know who I was. I looked in the mirror and I had no clue who was looking back at me. And I, that took me into a deep depression, a tailspin, and I hit rock bottom. <laughs> That's where God pulled me out of. And now, when I look at myself in the mirror and everything that has been uncovered by my husband, um, the purpose that God has for me and, and what I'm here to do, um, I have such a peace in my life. And now when I look in the mirror, I know who I am. There's no crisis of identity anymore know who I am. I know who I was created by. I know what I was created for. And there's power in that. And that's something that is never going to be taken away from me. So I know there's a lot of people and I feel like in your twenties, early twenties, and, you know, coming out of high school, you're trying to figure out who you are in the world. You're kind of an, kind of an adult, but you're kind of not, you still want to rely on your parents, but it's time to fly. <laughs> and you may know what you want to do, but maybe you were thrown a curveball, and you know it's it's hard enough trying to figure out your way in the world when you're a young adult. So I feel like that can be an easy target as well for the enemy. So I feel like we need to prepare our children, you know, when they come to that point that hey, this is the way the world is, and these are the traps and pitfalls you need to be aware of. And if we see them in an identity crisis. We just need to hold on to them, hold them in a loving embrace and just try and walk them through it with grace and love and never judgment. It's really difficult to look at yourself in the mirror and not know who's looking back at you. I tell you right now that shook me and even thinking about it, just, it's just a place I never want to be again. And I, and I never will be again. So never forget that as the enemy uses people, God will also put people in your life to better yourself, to sharpen you, to unearth the gifts that God has given you. And that's what my husband has done for me. But you need to pay attention. The way that you get to those people, instead of being distracted by the other people, is you need to be guided by the Holy Spirit, which means you need to be talking. You need to say, get up in the morning. My husband says it all the time. Lord, what do you have for me today? Direct my steps. And inevitably, my husband's always finding someone that needs him. And the same thing will happen for you. It wasn't until I said, I'm ready for you to work in my life that I met my husband that I met some of the people that have been very influential in who I am today. And, uh, and so you need to pay attention and you need to ask for discernment. You need to figure out 
if this person is authentic or not, if this person is sent from God or, you know, a ploy, a distraction. By following where God leads you, you can really tap into the greater purpose that he created you for and have this overwhelming peace that exudes from inside you and comes out. No matter what's going on out here, you're always gonna have that peace um, from within. And I feel like too, for Christians, you can't just ask for things, pray for things, healings and stuff like that, and not want God at the same time. You have to want God that white knuckle want God in good times and bad times, no matter what, and not just his blessings. You know, you can pray for the healing and yet if it doesn't happen, I will praise you anyway. So I guess the moral of this whole episode is don't forget who you are, who made you. You are a son. You are a daughter of the all high king, the most sovereign Lord. And he's created you for a purpose. And I'm encouraged to find out what that purpose is for you. Anyways, this is a deep one. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I hope that you found it enlightening, encouraging. Please share it with anyone who you feel would, would benefit from this. And um, join me next week, Thursday at 7 o'clock, for another episode from Confessions from a Pastor's Wife. Mm -hmm.